Today's guest started out in TV as a production assistant and worked other odd jobs to supplement his meagre TV industry income. He soon worked every motion picture produced in Massachusetts and after moving to LA in 1990, he quickly moved up the production ranks with credits including Jerry Brockheimer's acclaimed TV series Skin, Close to Home, CSI Miami and the pilot for Desperate Housewives. His last credit was five years of the TV series Chicago PD. In 2003, he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma and underwent treatment while still working 14 hours on set. He now faces his most challenging health problem of all, Parkinson's. He's penned his story in a book, Not Just Sunglasses and Autographs, episode 63, Tommy Burke. Welcome to One Moment, Please the podcast where our guests take a moment to tell their stories of how they've overcome adversity to achieve success and you take a moment to tune in to bring on the inspiration. (laughs) It's pure gold. So which ones, so you're having a go at me about not having enough Aussies. I do have Aussies on this podcast, but it's a global podcast. Who have you listened to? I listen to the guy, I listen to bits and pieces of it. I listen to, um, the guy's got MS. There's a um, yeah. skydiver. Woman who's yeah. uh, two husbands died. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know. I listen to. There's a lot of Americans. Yeah, well, there there is a mix. There's a mix of Americans. I've had a couple of Brits on there here as well. I was supposed um, to go to Australia in November, but it was closed up. Yeah, man. We're, I'm in Melbourne, so we've been the most locked down city in the world. I barely went out of the house for two years. Well, I, I said I've been uh, socially distancing for four years. I just, that's what I do. Yeah. But that's not because of COVID. That's because of your illnesses, though. Or is no, that just because I'm, you don't like people? Because I'm a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tommy, we're going to get on very well. I'm a weirdo, too. <laughs> so your story starts back when you were um, working in. Is it film or TV? Were you just doing TV or were you doing film as well? I, did, but I, I started with film. I started commercials. I did film. My my life has just been a just a my book's all about saying that if I if a script like me can make it, then anyone can. Talk to me about the process of getting into the industry because that's really quite a hard process. And then we'll get into. Uh, I did the wrong way too. What do you mean you did it the wrong way? I went to uh, Boston College, a business yeah. school, mm-hmm. and um, they didn't believe in um, having their kids wear, you know, t-shirts and shorts like they do in the film business. They wanted them to have suits and ties, so they didn't train you for technical. So I went to Vermont to get a television job, missed it by a day, worked at a factory. Uh, supporting parts in the line for a computer factory. Hang, hang on, Tommy. When you say you missed it for a day, what, you got there too late? Yes. Oh, okay. Yep. I feel free to stop because I talk fast. That's part of the Parkinson's. That's fine. Um, worked in a factory. I worked in, lived in a, a house in Vermont, which is about a half hour from the Canadian border. And um, it was so cold. We had one pop by stove. You saw your breath in the living room. And dogs water dish would freeze every morning in the kitchen. But it was great. So I went down what to... Was, um, <clears throat> what was so great about it? Just it was free. You just had no... I didn't know what I was, you know, what yeah. life was like. Yeah. 
I remember backpacking um, around Europe and it's, it is very liberating thinking, um, I've, you know, everything that I need is on my back. I'm like a snail. I can go, you know, anywhere and do anything. It's, it's, there is an element of when you're broken, can do anything, that freedom's wonderful. Yes, uh, my friend, um, his father owned the place and he was in Saudi Arabia doing landscape architecture. Mm-hmm. So I was paying 60 bucks a month for rent. Wow. That was just a cable bill. Yeah. So I um, uh, worked at a nightclub um, as a bouncer, bouncing a lot of jobs, and it actually helped me a lot with what I do. So um, I came back to Boston because the guy was moving, the father was moving back. I'm originally from Boston. Mm-hmm. I and, can tell uh, the accent. I know, but both Australians and Bostonians dropped their R's. You notice that? Well, I know Aussies do, but I didn't know. That. I didn't notice that the in a Boston, the Boston accent that you do. The famous Boston saying is, "Park your car in Harvard Yard." Do you ever hear that? Yeah. That's there's R's. Oh yeah. I'm gonna have to listen now to harder to every Boston accent in every film that I watch. Uh, funny, I departed. Only two people did the Boston accent right. No one gets to do it right. Everyone <laughs> screws it up. Uh, so where was I? So I came back to Boston. Um, I went to um, I remember PA. So I went to the Yellow Pages. And the story of my life, I just jump off of a building, figure out how to make a parachute on the way down. Yeah. Um, I. Uh, Sent nine resumes this is back with his phone books. Yeah, no, I remember those times. Nine resumes open, resumes out. Well, one person responded. He ended up being on the nine eleven flight years later. Well, the person but, that responded was on the nine eleven flight. Yeah. Oh. So um, I um, I didn't go to a technical school, so uh, it was a it was a commercial, small commercial in Boston. So the PAs did everything. I stood around because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't, you know, know anything about film business because I was a train for it. The director said, I never want that guy on the set ever again. Wow. Uh, I heard about grip trucks, which is the the truck that all the equipment's come in. Mm-hmm. The lighting grip. And I uh, started looting that and they were going through the old resumes at the company and they did uh, a lot of stuff lugged up a hill and I'm not a small person. So they hired, they called me cause they said the director that didn't want me on set was not there anymore. So I got hired and this time I knew what I was doing. So I was like a guided missile, unguided missile. So they said, um, I was on, worked on field of dreams a little bit. I worked on mermaids. Mm-hmm. Um, they say if you want to be in the business, you got to go to LA. So I went. I should have PA'd again, but I didn't. I it was burnt out. PA's production assistant, that's the entry level thing. Mm-hmm. And I was burnt out, so I did it. Um, uh, got a job. I got fired off the job. Uh, still kept at it. Got my Why car did you get fi- Why did you get fired the second time? Um, um, so we've just started the podcast, by the way, Tommy. I know I sort of said go into this in for, in 
overview, but I think we've just started the podcast. So it's fine. I know that. I, I knew that. <laughs> I mean, I, I used to have a podcast myself. <laughs> okay. So um, why were you fired the second time? Um, so I'm trying to sit there. So I was a second second. You're getting a little film lesson here. And, I am. Uh, when you are on a set, uh, let's say this big uh, restaurant, you shoot one way and you shoot the other way. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's it's tough flipping back and forth for continuity. So you just shoot out one way. So they shot out one way, but they had me pay cash, the extras, uh, which is crazy. Nowadays, you can't even find cash in an office. It's, it's going to sell 180 so they didn't, uh, they, I was there to call back the right extras. So they fired me. Um, I went to a, a bookstore to get a magazine, a leads on um, jobs. Mm-hmm. A guy I worked with in Boston was work, was a, working there. And he said, they were shooting. They said, hi, this guy, Tommy Burke. And I was on a job the next week. And I just kept at it. Uh, Johnny Depp hired me as a first AD. I started first ADing, and yes, I'm jumping around. But how did you meet Johnny Depp? Did you know him? Is that why he he hired you, or was it just a you applied for a role and he happened to be a mermaids? Okay, I love dropping that name because I was just a PA on it. Yeah, uh, uh, Winona Ryder was on Mermaids, and Johnny was dating her. Okay, so I got to know him. Okay, and he said, "I want you to first AD this shoot, this small shoot." I said. I don't believe he's not going to do it, but when's he going to get to it? And he did. I did well, and I didn't want to go back to PA. Fair enough. Seems like hard work from what I've heard about the production assistant role. Should have get all the shit jobs. <laughs> Run around doing everything. <laughs> yeah, um, I had some real shit jobs. I worked at a chicken packing plant, 40-degree weather. Yep. Conveyor belt. It's amazing. So you were actually working on, was it Chicago PD when you fell ill? Well, we're talking about the cancer or the Parkinson's? Well, which one came first? The cancer. Okay, let's talk about that then. I'd really be screwed if it was the other way around. Sorry, say that again. I'd really be screwed if it was the other way around. Parkinson's and then cancer? Yeah. Okay. But people have it that way. Um. So I was on a show. Uh, there's lumps on my my um, on my collarbone under my arm. And um, hang on, I missed that. What did you just say? There was lumps under my collarbone and my my under my arm. Okay. I got one biopsy, inconclusive. Right. Got a biopsy, inconclusive. I got this big job with Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah. And. Um, they kept pushing the job for casting reasons. So I um, I got a popsy and uh, I couldn't miss it. I, and I um, I got the biopsy. There was two people were supposed to come. One was supposed to come from my car. The other one was supposed to come pick me up. The person didn't come from my car. So after the surgery, I said to the person who took my, picked me up, I said, I, I can't. I got to take my car. I can't give up. I got to. I was 40, 45 minutes after surgery, I was driving home. 
So when you say surgery, are you talking biopsy surgery or are you talking general biops, general surgery, uh, full anesthesia with biopsy? Okay, all right. So you're still at the bio full anesthesia with biopsy. That's interesting. Why? It's crazy. I know. I'm, I'm crazy. Why were they giving you full anesthesia for biopsy? Where was the biopsy? Was it on? Oh, a, they on... took a big. They took a big hunk out of my arm. Oh, okay. Because I mean, everything, because like, yeah. everything else was so inconclusive. Exactly. They said we're right. going for it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're driving back to work 45 minutes later, like a crazy. I'm driving person. back home. But I'm not that crazy. <laughs> Uh, drove to surgery, and the next day I went. Home, I went to. I went to work. Okay. And then, when did you get the diagnosis that it wasn't that it was something a bit nasty? What were you working on? Was it Chicago PD that you were working on at the time? No, I was working on a thing called Skin. Okay. It was a great show. I'll take your word for it. Haven't seen it. No, maybe you'll have. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. There's a lot of skins. Um, it was um, it was about Romeo and Juliet in the porn industry. Oh my goodness! <laughs> well, I'm glad I hadn't seen it and and you know just hadn't gone. Oh yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> I'm bullshitting uh, you. It's, it's on network TV, <laughs> so it wasn't you know it wasn't you know too graphic. Okay, good. So you're doing that, and you got the diagnosis. Yes, and I said to him, uh, "This is typical Tommy Burke." I said, um. I didn't freak. I said, what are we doing about it? Yeah. I believe it's just taking matters in hand. Is that a Boston thing, though? Yes. Yeah. You guys are tough from Boston. I think I Australians are wicked tough. You reckon? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, we always say, uh, don't go to Australia because everything is going to kill you. Yeah, that's true, though. But I'm in the city down everything that sort of well not everything I'm in Melbourne which has probably got the least things that are going to kill you <laughs> yeah but don't steaks come into Melbourne yeah yeah don't killer and spiders I, come into Melbourne yeah but I yeah we don't have crocodiles and stuff <laughs> that's further north I don't worry about I'm not worried about crocodiles I, I can see a crocodile no you can't they're underwater <laughs> I would be in the water <laughs> okay good I mean, but spiders and snakes and coming up through toilets. I mean, I'm I'm I've been through a lot, but Australia is quite unique. Do you know the funniest thing, Tommy? That the thing that nearly got me, that nearly killed me. Um, those that have been listening to the podcast for a while will know that I got into the beekeeping. I developed anaphylaxia to the bees because I got stung, you know, as you do when you have backyard bees and I ended up having anaphylaxia to bees. So it was the humble bee that's nearly taken me out. None of the, <laughs> none of the other stuff that's been unique to Australia. <laughs> well, on, on my IMDb, I don't know if you, do you know what IMDb is? Yeah. On my IMDb, there's a thing called natural enemies. Yeah. Killer bees that we work with 200,000 live bees. I got stung nine times in three days. But were they were they the um, don't you have the bees over in America that are the vicious ones like they've been? There was a, some thank God this is a long time ago. Okay, but it was uh, we just we let we just um, let go two hundred thousand light bees in a, in a stage. Yeah, and it was it was amazing. It's just and I got stung nine times. Yeah, bees aren't normally 
nasty though. I know, but you throw him. Um, if you threw me in a stage against the wall to a thousand Tommy Burks, <laughs> I'd be stinging people too. Yeah. Well, they're in decline. We've got to look after the bees. Um, this is this is the early nineties. It's Salt Lake City. Okay. We still got to look after the bees, Tommy. Don't don't gloss over that point. <laughs> Uh, I don't, uh, God bless, I'm by the beach community, so I wouldn't know. It's like saying about uh, sharks. I'm, I don't run into sharks or bees. <laughs> so when, so what was the diagnosis? So let's get back to your diagnosis. So you were on uh, set um, for this uh, mainstream porn comedy, and... <laughs> I love the way you phrase that. That's a bad name. I want to call Benny mainstream poor comedy. That's a bad name. So you were doing that, and then you got um, you got the diagnosis. So what was the diagnosis? Hodgkin's lymphoma stage two B. So okay. So what is lymphoma? Was it lymphoma? You said. Yes. So what is that? It's just a cancer of your lymph nodes. Okay. So that's not a secondary one. That's a primary. That was a primary cancer. I don't. I never heard of the thing secondary cancer. So had that come from somewhere? Like, did you have it anywhere else in the body, and then that was a another site that it ended up at? No, what they do is um, chemo is like um, is like rebooting a computer. Yeah, it kills all the cells, mm-hmm. but you have the, the healthy cells come back. Mm-hmm. Um before the, the the bad cells. And I was working uh, 14 hour days and doing chemo at midnight. Jesus. Getting up the next day and going to work. Did anyone know on the set that you were sick? Just to, to hire up people. Yeah. So what was the reality of, of that day? So, because it wipes you for, from what I know from speaking to people on the podcast that have had or have cancer, it, it, um, Americans or Australians. Australians. Thank you, Tommy. <laughs> One of them was, um, uh, she used to be a spy. So it's the spy that got cancer. So we chatted about, I had to take her quite lightheartedly in regards to the spy stuff. Cause I knew she wasn't going to be able to tell me, tell me stuff. Um, is this the rain? Is it, what do you mean? Is this the rain? Lorraine. Um, no, 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 no. This is, uh, Nicole. And she used to work for ASIO, so one of our spy agencies. And um, she ended up getting she's well, she's got stage four uh, bowel cancer. So yeah, so we had a chat about that. My first question was, do you have did you get a laser watch? Forgot to ask her about the shoe phone. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's that's lots well, of not many Americans know about that. What the shoe phone? Uh, are you talking about the, the Get Smart, the, yeah. the movie? Have you ever seen the original TV series? That's, yeah, that's the only one that I care about. The movie was there we rubbish. Go. You got five points for me. <laughs> Going to silence. Yes. <laughs> I grew up, oh, I'm showing my age now, but I grew up on that. So, um, yeah, great. Um, so, you were, so you got the diagnosis and it was for your lymph nodes. So usually, as I was saying, Coming back to it, I had to regain my my train of thought. Um, it knocks you out for a week that chemo. 
Good bloody awful. Well, it's um, it's so different. I mean, there's so many different chemos. Um, yeah, it's just, it's like there's different chemos. So mine okay. was every two weeks. Right. I get it Thursday uh, at night, and okay. it hits you two days later. So by Friday night, I was starting to feel it. Okay. And then all uh, all weekend I'd sleep. It's funny, chemo. Where else can you go to sleep and wake up more tired? Yeah. Um, yeah. Bloody awful. And were you in like what sort of family support did you have, Tommy? Were you going through that? They were all in Boston. And I was in LA by myself. Big family, big Catholic, Irish Catholic family from Boston. No, uh, I was uh, four boys. Okay. Okay. So, did they anyone? All, they were, they were, I was well by myself. So no one came out to LA. No. Donned the, well, we call them thongs. You call them flip flops, and boardies. Um, okay. But so what, you just... what can you do? I mean, you watch me sleep. That's it. Yeah. Well, that's the Boston in you. I think there's a lot of moral support that you can, you know, give somebody. Anyway, so they didn't come out. You were doing it all alone and bloody well still working as well. Crazy. I, I was at Jerry Brooker. It was a big show. I, I you oh, know, no. uh, I didn't want to, I missed, this is my big chance. Did you miss any days of work? Well, I went to uh, radiation afterwards. Yeah. Um, I it was every day I could do that. I mean, just, you have to go the same day every day and call times fluctuate on a TV show, so. I gave up. So how long was the chemo for? Six episodes every two weeks. Okay. And then you went into radiation. Yeah. And how long was the radiation for? 30 30 week days. 30 days. Shit. Mm. And so... That was one, like, 30 days in a row. Well, we, we work days. Work days, okay. They're not, they're not, doctors are not working weekends. Wow, that's a lot. What was worse, chemo or radiation? Chemo. Okay. Could you feel, like, when they put it into you, your body, could you feel it going in? Did it burn or anything? No, um... I did uh, Thursday day. It was a 24 hour chemo in, in LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one good thing about the big city. You got everything. I remember one of the nurses going, I was half asleep and the nurse going, no, we got to put this bag in him too. They were not getting all the bags of chemo. They were, they were confused. But I say in my book, um, that after the last chemo, I got it from the bed and I said, that's done with, and my body started to shake. I think my body's subconscious is going, listen, bastard, we're going to acknowledge this if you're not. Yeah. So I shook a little bit. Well, it's understandable. Did you have it, you had it cut out and then you had the chemo? Good question. Uh, no, you, the cut out is just a biopsy. The, right, chemo, so you, is, the chemo kills it. So you, you didn't have any of the... Because I know sometimes they cut the cancer out and then they do the chemo to kill any random cells that are in the body. So you didn't have a cut out. They just chemoed you apart from the biopsies. I think this cancer is so, so different yeah. with everybody. Yeah. Okay. Shit. That's a lot. 
And then, so you had to give up when you were doing the radiation. When did you get back into what well, I suppose I'm asking the recovery time. So how long was that recovery before you could get back into to TV? Well, the funny part is I, I showed up the day to tell them I'm, I'm leaving the show because of chemo. No one knew. I told everyone. And um, they shut down the show for retool the scripts. So I should have stayed on. I probably get paid. Um, but when, after they retool, when I was ready to go back, they canceled the show. So, okay. oh, well. At least you got paid for a bit more, Tommy. So how long was the recovery time for when you finished your chemo? When did you start feeling normal again? My favorite story. Uh, you know, what we, we talked about, you can speak to this now. After the chemo and the radiation, I went to my doctor and said, doctor, am I normal now? He goes, Tommy, you're never going to be normal, but you're in remission. You were talking about my personality. That's fine. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you take it in stride or did you want to clock him? That was, it was truth. <laughs> I mean, uh, my, fa- my favorite, it's a morose thing, but when I tell people about the driving over surgery, watching their eyes go, oh my God, this guy's a freak. Well, you know, the interesting thing thinking about your story is that you glossed over the fact that you were, because you said that you did some bouncing. Is that right? Did I hear that right? You did some bouncing? Yes. um, And you would have been doing that in Boston. I did in Boston, Vermont, and California. That Boston would have been hard, man. I've listened to some podcasts and heard some stories about going out, being late at night, Boston. Like, it sounds like it's a brawling city. I say Australia is, I haven't been to Australia, but I hear it's tougher. Um, nah, man. I speak about my, my in the book, I speak about my, uh, I learned a lot of lessons in the bar business that helps me with the film business. Mm-hmm. How so? Well, the restaurant business, um, as a first AD, I've shot all like, 12 different states. Yeah. So you go to a state that doesn't have a lot of filming in it and you need PAs. Mm-hmm. I started, I started, my first job was the, I started the restaurant business. So what I would do is I'd go to a restaurant and just, you know, I'd be working all day prepping and go to get a meal late at night and see which waiter or waitress had hustle. I say, come be a PA on the show because it's a waiter is like a PA. Going to take this, take their garbage, serve food, keep on your feet. When people yell at you, just got to keep it in stride. And just, you know, I hired uh, people from the restaurant business. Fair and enough. as a sponsor, I learned that if you let people think they're, they're winning, even if they're, you're getting your way, what do you care? Does that make sense? It does, but I don't know how you let people think when they're drunk that they're winning if you're still getting your way. Like, how so do you. I would say, Sorry, go. No, it's, it's an example. So, um, one time in the nightclub, and it's in the book, um, that guy was drunk. Mm-hmm. And his, his brother was drunk, and um, no, actually he was drunk. And he started, you know, getting belligerent. I said, listen, buddy. Actually, he was a manager. I said, listen, the, man, the owner wants me to call the cops. I talked him out of it. Come back tomorrow, and all the drinks are on me. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, that's great. Okay, so you you bribing people and blackmailing people to get out of the bar. I can't understand. 
potioning paper. I did say it was. I said let them, 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 they think they're winning. And then they come back tomorrow. I never said that. You were just drunk. No, they didn't remember coming. They don't remember me saying that. It's been having a, a fight in the bar and people getting hurt. Oh, this is very true. When did you decide to go? Um, that recovery. When did you decide to go back to work? Well, I had no job. They canceled the job. But you worked after that, though. Yes. Um, I worked a bunch of jobs. I turned. I quit a bunch of jobs because I said, um, you know, my life is tough. Yeah, I've been through hell. I'm gonna take care of myself, and I was, I was pretty good. I was doing. I was a pretty much a. a Trying to think of a gunslinger. I was, you know, doing good. When did, what was the next show that you worked on? I can't remember. Okay. Is that just your memory? Is that Parkinson? It's just a lot of jobs. <laughs> uh, I think it was, this is like 15 years ago. Okay. So what were you, when did you get the diagnosis for Parkinson's? How did that come about? I was on Chicago PD. Mm-hmm. My friend saw that my arm was crooked. What do you mean crooked? Uh, like you know, like um, what was it straight? It was like a twenty-five degree angle. So like so bent I, at the elbow. Yeah, so I was a stroke. So my friend said, "Go, go get it checked out." I did. Okay, and so from from that they went. You've got Parkinson's from a crooked elbow. Um. Well, there's no real. There's not a definitive test for it. I mean, they had me walk up and down the, the hallway. Mm-hmm. The guys. But said, man, I wasn't very good. It's funny. Um, you had me walk up in the, uh, the hallway, did some physical tests. And I said to myself, I don't know how it came out. And I said to myself, I got Parkinson's. I just out of nowhere, I just felt that. He came back and said, you got Parkinson's. So I went to a, a neurologist who was a specialist in it. She must have been a five foot tall, 100 pounds. That doesn't matter, though, does it? What's that? That doesn't matter, though, does it? No, let me tell you how. Okay. Because um, she's got this big guy in her room. And I said, I like a second opinion. She goes, she got right in my face and said, this is your second opinion. You've got Parkinson's. I mean, I was saying how brave she was. Mm. Um, because the thing with Parkinson's, you've got you've to get on it right now. you got to exercise. Right up. I say in the book. You should run home from the, your diagnosis because it's all about exercise. And you, we keep referencing your book. So your book is not just sunglasses and autographs. Um, so when they say, okay, you've got Parkinson's, what's the process from there? Like what what does that mean? Because Parkinson's manifests, manifests itself very differently in different people. Is that correct? They call it the snowflake uh, disease. Okay. Because every person's Parkinson's is different. Okay. Um, I started, I mean, I'm reading a lot of Facebook groups that a lot of people don't take the medicine. I took the medicine, but I haven't increased it because I bust my ass working out. And the book's all about getting people to get off their ass and start exercising. Cause that's, that's the, ex, that's the medicine makes you exercise. What do you mean? The medicine makes you exercise. It takes away the symptoms. People think okay. the medicine cures it. Okay. The exercise is what helps you. So how does the exercise help you? It just it's it's like um, since you uh, uh, was big on uh, get smart, I'll do another old school reference. 
Yeah. Wizard of Oz. It's like the Tin Man. If you don't use it, it starts tightening up. Okay. So, I mean, I do everything. I, tra- I trained yesterday. Mm-hmm. I ran on the beach today. I'll work. I'll do the gym tomorrow. Uh, Saturday, I have boxing. Mm-hmm. The guy holds a box. is very big in the park because it makes you move. And hand-eye coordination and feet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So is it uh, – the Parkinson's is a – it's a disorder of the muscles, isn't it? Or are they contracting involuntarily? It's the it's 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 brain. It's a, you don't have a uh, dopamine. You don't have dopamine. Do, it doesn't make dopamine anymore. And it affects everything. It affects everything. Your digestion, your eyesight. Uh, one of the twisted tricks I like to do is my eyelids don't close as much as they used to. I don't blink as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. So I love playing staring contests with kids because I win every time. <laughs> Such a weirdo, Tommy. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. Um, okay. So it's interesting that you said that there's no definitive test for Parkinson's and yet it's a brand. Like I would have thought that in an MRI or some form of a CAT scan, they would have been there, able to pick it up. There's a, a brain test, but people like to say, I don't know. People say that um, there's no definitive test until after you die. I so, should be more up on it, but I, you know. Yeah. So if, if, and obviously I'm speaking as a non-medical professional and a functioning moron, but if you've got no <laughs> dopamine and that's why, and that's why. It's a great band name. <laughs> functioning morons. That is a really good band name. Um, <laughs> um if it's a lack of dopamine that your body doesn't produce dopamine, why doesn't just taking a dopamine drug with dopamine in it, why does that not just cure it? Uh, it doesn't stay. I mean, right. Um, I, I heard something from a, there's a famous guy, Jimmy Choi. Mm-hmm. He's like, um, I was into sports as a kid and, um, you know, kids, they're, they're heroes, they're sports heroes. I never had that. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Choi is my sports hero. He, he was a super, you know, you ever heard of American Ninja Warrior? Yeah. He has Parkinson's and he went in it. Wow. I mean, he's just amazing. I show that video to my trainers and they go, I can't even do that. He's got Parkinson's. Mm. He says, uh, he doesn't take the medicine. A lot of people don't take the medicine because the, the side effects. What are some of the side effects of the medication? Uh, foggy brain. Um, you you get like Michael J. Fox. You shake. You you undulate a lot. What it makes it? I thought the medication would help that. It helps the tremors. Okay. And the um, the stiffness. So what's the difference between the movement that Michael J. has to tremors and stiffness? Can I jump in? I, I don't know enough about it. To... Okay. That's fine. Sorry, Tommy, I was treating you like a medical professional and an expert. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. You got to love that what the doctor said. Um, Tommy, you're never going to be normal. <laughs> I would have told him to fuck off. <laughs> I, I was I was such, such a wise ass. I, I go to the, the doctor's office and call him Rosie's, give him a nickname, and the nurse is like, you can't call him. I said, why not? He's just he's just a regular person. The nurse said you can't call him that. Yeah. 
What did? What were you calling him? His name. Uh, I, his nickname was Rosie. I made up a nickname for him. Okay. Yeah, you'd you'd be fine in Australia. We nickname everybody. Australia is so cool. But you've never been, Tommy. You know, you'd be Tomo in Australia. Super. Yeah, we put an O on everything. I want I want to come in there and speak to Australia. I want to come over there. Um, there's a thing called PD Warriors out of New Zealand. They're they're a group of people that push, um, you know, exercising and taking, you know, being aggressive with your Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. You do know that New Zealand's not Australia, though. <laughs> I know, but it's it's like uh, I know that, but it's like it's a good cousin. It is. It is our cousin. Yeah, yeah. I'm so. not that stupid an American. <laughs> Sorry, Tommy, fell into stereotypes. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And uh, uh, people, the two things people, I've heard no one ever say a bad thing about New Zealand or or, Park, or Boston. Everyone loves New Zealand and Boston. Yeah, that's true. Have you been to Boston? No, I've never been to America, Tommy. I do, I wanted to I want to go. I actually want to live in America for a while. Um but so we we've got to sort some stuff out and it's very difficult with pets and animals and stuff to get over there and then getting them back into Australia because of our quarantine process. It's really challenging. So I haven't done it and our um we've just lost one of our cats, but my other cat's too old now to the the, the freight carriers don't take them after a certain age. So they're my fur babies, so I'm not going to leave them. I have to wait, and then I'll come <laughs> you know, over. You knew I was going to make a wise ass comment, did you? What? That my, they're my fur babies. No, they just leave them. Leave them there. Pick up a new cat. No, you bugger! No way. <laughs> so tell. Okay, so I'm sending you, Australia American relations back. No, you no, not at all. We're improving them. It's it's fine. <laughs> So you've okay. So you've got the diagnosis of Parkinson's. You're exercising. What's the what is what's the diagnosis of, prog- of Parkinson's mean? Is it always going to progress, or will it stagnate at some point? There's no there's no cure. Okay. Uh, it's, it's amazing. I read there's some people. Um, I read on the Facebook groups about there are people just going through hell. Yeah. And I just I I might be a little when this all the the hell gets over with. I might be a little bit of a a rebel for Parkinson's because they they're they're not the cure. It's just and they say they have a cure for the last twenty years. They've been saying in five years. It's just it's not getting the attention it deserves. I know that um, Michael J. Fox really created a whole lot of attention. He has done a lot of fundraising, but that's I think that's sort of dropped off now. We don't. I, well, I don't really hear anything about it in fundraising for Parkinson's. So. Uh, they, people think it's cured. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that people think that it's more progressed in terms of treatment than what it actually is? I don't know, but um, there are people getting uh, more and more people getting it. Exactly, you'd be a lot more people getting it because um, it's a lot of people say uh, pest control chemicals yeah. that gives you Parkinson's. Is there any truth um, to that, though? I don't know. Okay. Uh, but um, more and more people are going to get it. 
it's it's going to grow exponentially. It's it's interesting when you talk about the pest control. I was uh, I'm uh, have a gluten allergy, and I had the gluten allergy before it became a fad. So I'm definitely have the allergy. Um, but I was watching. I wasn't going to doubt you. You don't have to be so defensive. <laughs> Not defensive. I'm just getting in there beforehand, don't we? <laughs> I just won't bring up bees. <laughs> But um, I was watch, uh, looking at a thing the other day and they were talking about uh, the pesticide. It's a certain amount of pesticide that they use on, on wheat. Don't ask me what it is. I can't. I don't know. And they looked at the progression of how much they used and then they overlaid that with the progression of celiac disease and it was on an exact correlation in regards to the increase. So I think that there is something to say in regards to pesticides and stuff and we don't know what they can do to the body you know i I believe it just it's things are going crazy yeah yeah so what are you doing now you're just running and exercising and you are you boxing you said that boxing was popular in terms of the parkinson's community yeah it's called rock city boxing it's very big Mm -hmm. um what's the difference between that and normal boxing well I do. I have a trainer because I used to box for a while. You know, it's focus mitts, and you know, um, but it's um, it's geared to it. You know, we have a, my trainer and I have we have our own boxing thing. But Rock says a lot of people are getting Parkinson's um, in their seventies, and then it gets gets also it's cause and effect. You know, focus mitt. You can you aim for the focus mitt. Mm-hmm. It makes you reach out and do exercising. Okay. All right. Tell me parting words. Yes. Um, let her know I'm coming to Australia. Okay. Let me know. Um, let me know when you're coming to America. Will do. I'll warn America. I know everyone here. <laughs> where, where are you going to go to America? Where are you going to go? I don't know. I'd like to do the whole jump in a um, a van and travel around and see. I mean, you have to go to Texas, don't you? Um, I think I would avoid LA because of everything that's happened in LA. Um, Texas, uh, I don't want to listen to a, a state podcast, but Texas is a lot crazier than LA. I've been in LA for 30 years. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, but it's Texas is something to a non-American. Texas seems very quintessential uh, America. You know, like <laughs> everyone has a gun there. I know. It's so different to Australia. No one has them out here. We're not allowed. Well, you are allowed, but it's a bit of a different. Um. Yeah, we certainly don't have concealed carry and open carry and all that sort of stuff. It just doesn't. You just don't do that. Um. And then, I don't know, I'd like to probably do a bit of Montana because that looks really beautiful. And... Montana's nice. Yeah. I've never been there. Um, you got to do Boston. Yeah, i got to do Boston. And um, I'll do probably like to do something like Yellowstone, you know, before it erupts. I'd like to see it. It's not going to erupt. <laughs> I think we're all dead if it does. I went to um, – I didn't realise this, but I went to – at Pompeii a couple of years ago and I got a guided tour and he the gentleman was an archaeologist that took the tour and he was saying the Bay of Naples is actually also a super volcano and I had no idea. I was like, how many of these freaking things are on the planet? <laughs> you got volcanoes in the, the north the west. 
Yeah, but these are super volcanoes, man. These like these are big suckers. I'm not getting in a pissy contest who's got a bigger <laughs> volcano. That's, that's a little twisted to claim. I, I, I'm not asking for a pissy contest. I'm just saying there are volcanoes and then there are big volcanoes. Luckily, we don't really have any in Australia. They're all extinct. So um, we're fine. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, stay here for long term. But, uh, but yeah, no, I'd really like to do um, – I'd actually like to do a trip from Canada all the way down through America and sort of do an, an enormous trip. Go down to Mississippi. Okay. So I have to go down in Mississippi. Okay, this is good. This is good information. Any questions, let me know. Okay, we'll do. Thanks for coming on, Tommy. Pleasure speaking with you. The book is not just sunglasses and autographs uh, by Tommy Burke. Please go out and get it, and I will link it in the show notes for the podcast episode. Thanks, Tommy. Thank you. Thanks for taking a moment to listen, everyone. We hope this episode inspired you as much as it did us. If you know somebody who also needs a little inspiration, then please share this podcast with them. Also, don't forget to subscribe on your fave podcast app and rate and review us because that helps inspire us to keep making them. 